Happy Friday, everybody. It's Trevin McGee here from Lawrence.com, sitting with Eric Moline from ScenesStealers.com, and this is the Scene Stealers movie podcast. Yes, it is. Welcome. What number is this? This is number 12. Number 12. We did it! We did it! We Most podcasts don't make it past 10, from what yeah. I hear. Yeah, and we did, so suck on that. Today we've got to talk about uh, two new movies opening in Lawrence this weekend. Uh, the Mechanic, mm-hmm. starring Ben Foster and Jason Statham. Uh, I Love You, Philip Morris, starring Ewan McGregor and Jim Carrey. And then we're going to talk about two other things. We're going to talk about the Oscar snubs. We're not going to do the Oscars proper yet. We'll wait until it gets closer to the awards. Um, you can check the Lawrence.com website right now because uh, Eric and I's early picks are up for the Oscars. So those are there. Check those out. You can submit your own. Uh, we're going to do a contest with it here in a bit. Contest. So. Contest. Awesome. And the award is undecided yet, but it's probably going to be it's probably going to be movie passes, just so you know. That's um, and then the, then we're going to end. We're finally going to end with a quick discussion of Kevin Smith's antics at Sundance and what that means for Red State, his new horror movie that's loosely based on the Phelpses. Oh, God bless the Phelpses! Oh, thank you, thank you for never going away. Ever. <laughs> what I do requires a certain mindset. I do assignments, designated targets. Some jobs need to look like accidents. Best jobs are the ones nobody ever knows you were there. There's no one better than you, you know. You're a damn machine. Someone to watch your back. This wouldn't be about Steven, now, would it? He's your son. Damn disappointment. Always has been, always will be. Harry McKenna sold this company out. It must be a mistake. You know how this company works, Mr. Bishop. He had to be removed. Sorry about your father. It was a loss for both of us. I want to know what you know. Go online. It's all on the internet. But I don't want to read it. I want to do it. Follow me. You know what a mechanic is? A hitman. Time to take your training to the next level. So what's the plan now? Time to finish the job. Impressive, huh? Those were my best teams. Guess I'll have to send more. Save the fuel. We're coming for you. You think you can get to me before I get to you? I already have. Do it. So tell me about the mechanic. I didn't see it. And I the didn't mechanic. Did. The mechanic is a movie about a hitman called the mechanic, um, played by Jason Statham, and it's essentially it's just a simple little revenge movie where he is a professional and goes about his work very meticulously. So he's stretching. Yeah, yeah. He's he plays this. Get this. A very robotic, uh-huh. um, unintelligible character that has very little personality. 
And he's surprise, a hitman. Surprise, surprise. And he's a hitman. Crazy. Yeah, he's, he's a man of violence. Statham with a gun. Uh-huh. So it's about him. He does his job. He's good at his job. And then things go bad when he's forced to kill his mentor. Um, and then his mentor's son, Ben Foster, goes looking for revenge and unwittingly helps Statham um, get the job done. And there's some twists and conspiracy and um, stuff thrown in, but essentially it's just a simple revenge movie about for Ben Foster and then eventually for Jason Statham, too, once he realized he's been targeting the wrong people. Two questions. Yeah. Number one, is it really violent? Yeah, actually, it's pretty violent, but not in a not in a believable way. I mean, there, there's a lot of CG violence, if that makes any sense. A lot of um, computer-generated headshots and gray matter, things like that. Are they going it's like for it was, an over-the-top feel, like a crank thing? No, no, no. It was like it was gored up in a in a post. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like. So it is violent, um, and it is completely unnoteworthy. I will say the nicest thing I can say about the mechanic is that it made me appreciate the Green Hornet a lot more. Because when we reviewed The Green Hornet, I was really disappointed and thought it failed. I still think it failed, but it was at least trying something a little different. At least it was different, yeah. A little different with the same old style. And the mechanic is that formula to the nines. I mean, it is as formulaic as it comes. But past that, I mean, it really speaks to the director. I I believe his name's Simon West. I haven't looked it up. But Simon West, the director of, um, he directed Con Air in the past, a few other movies. It really speaks to his limitations as a director because the only trick he's learned since Con Air, which admittedly I saw in the theaters when I was in junior high and actually kind of enjoyed. Nick Cage was, doing Elvis. Nick Cage doing Elvis, doing a dumb action movie. Sure, okay, fine. I'm too old for this. I'm too old yeah. for this, bruh. Yeah. But the only thing he's learned in the time since that movie is yeah, apparently he went to the Paul Greengrass school of shaky cam mm. because now he, he all the action scenes are really tight on the characters and really jumbled and shaky and completely edited completely unintelligible yeah and so you can't really get a feel for what's going on and there is a place for shaky cam i think that um the batman begins used it really well to sort of paint this mystery around you know where is the batman and it really heightened that ninja vibe that christopher nolan was going for the born movies i just mentioned uh, paul greengrass he goes a little over the top, but but in those movies, it fits the tone, too, and, and isn't too out of place. Here, though, it completely betrays the whole idea of the characters. Um, the fact that Statham's character is so meticulous and so plotting and so um, detail-oriented, it would be great to see some action pieces that were set up like a Swiss watch. Right. A lot of precision, a lot of detail, a lot of just accurate, on-point movements. That would have been actually really compelling and cool to see. There is none of that in the movie. Absolutely none of that. The first scene is kind of painted as a pretty good, violent representation of what he does, and it does speak to the 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 nature of his character. But past that, everything is just so jumbled and rushed and thrown together. It's really hard to um, get a handle on or appreciate or get come away with anything other than wow, just another botched movie. It sounds like you've answered my second question already, but I was going to say, outside of the plot and the lack of character, does it succeed as an action movie? No. short answer is no. It's a really boring movie, um, really overwrought, and um, just a big disappointment, quite frankly. And the, other, and the biggest disappointment for me wasn't really... I mean, Statham, Statham, he's been doing what he's been doing forever, so if you're going to go see a Jason Statham movie, you know exactly what you're in for. But... They really misused and, and, in my opinion, underused Ben Foster. He's um, a great actor. He's a great actor, and he was—I mean—he was strong enough to be the, the sort of lead villain in Three Ten to Yuma, and was an, actually a really messenger, memorable lead villain. And yeah, he's in the Messenger. I yep. mean, he's 
he's a good actor and he's got he's got some good chops, you know. And I he was really wasted in this role. Um, all he does is basically angst around and act like the impetuous kid, and he doesn't really ever get past that. And some of that's the script, and some of that's him. It's, I think it's a I think it's like a seventy thirty split in the script's favor. So you would say that the mechanic is not mechanical enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get out of here! Okay, Seriously, sorry, I gotta go. And so that's 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 the mechanic. Now, um, I did see the next movie we're going to talk about, but uh, I, want I love you, Philip Morris. Ah, I want to I want to let Eric take point on that though because he gets to write about it. So you can check Lawrence.com for his written review. If you like to read, well. for if those who like, like to read, if you like to hear things yeah. instead of read things, well thought out reviews as uh, as opposed to uh, ramblings at a microphone, mm -hmm. which is about basically what you're going to get. Here's here's what I have to say about I love you, Philip Morris. The first thing, awful. Awful, stupid title. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, one of the characters, Ewan McGregor, his name is Philip Morris in the movie. Immediately, I think of cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know. When I first heard about it, before I knew anything about Me it, too. I thought it was some satire against yeah. the big tobacco. Yeah. Uh, it's not. Uh, Jim Carrey uh, and Ewan McGregor uh, play gay lovers in jail. And um, I think that there should have been a better way for them to market this. I'm really disappointed that it's just kind of being thrown out there. But I'm very excited that it's here in Lawrence and that I can finally talk about it. Because while it's not a perfect movie, I think I Love You, Philip Morris has uh, is one of the most surprising movies of the yeah. year. It's a movie where uh, Jim Carrey is this con artist uh, who, and this is based on a true story, mm -hmm. uh, uh, how much of it I'm not 100% sure is true, um, but even if any inkling of it is, uh, uh, it's amazing. And so uh, watching Carrey in this film, uh, he's really doing this thing, uh, you know, where he, he, he does his... Uh, <laughs> Uh, his over-the-top kind of caricature role, but there's something underneath it that's a little bit desperate and yeah. a little bit sad, mm -hmm. and he's really great in this film. The plot itself just moves uh, into these crazy places that you're not expecting. And I think for me that's the best part about it, besides the fact that Ewan McGregor is very believable and... and uh, Vulnerable, vulnerable, yeah, good... and uh, as as uh, kind of the victim, I guess mm -hmm. you could say, in this little uh, love affair. But I challenge anybody to go into this movie, and I'm not going to talk about the plot. I'm not going to go any further than that. But I challenge you to go into this movie not knowing anything about it, and then come out of it saying, "Oh yeah, I I knew where that movie was going." Yeah, you know, and it's just refreshing sometimes to see a movie that's that over the top that takes that many chances, and is rude and obnoxious and. And fun at the mm -hmm. same time. Um, I'll say, you know, to go along with, to to go along with what I'd said about the Green Hornet, um, I would say that Philip Morris fails, but it's, really, yeah, but I, I think it's a fun failure. I think I, it gets. I've seen it twice now, and I think it gets better every time you watch yeah. it. I'm excited to uh, own it one day, and and. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, watch it more. I guess I don't. I like how you said I'm excited to own it one day. Like you're gonna have to um, put a mortgage down to get it. Yes, you know, I'm gonna have to mortgage my I house. Can't wait, I'm gonna get an original print one signed day. by the uh, by the director. No, I love you, Philip Morris. Is coming out at the end of the year because uh, they wanted it to maybe have some sort of chance for awards consideration. And they had no idea how to market it. Right. I mean, and, it had been and delayed indefinitely at one point. They just, it was filmed two years ago yeah, or, or yeah. at Sundance. And so, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's great that it's finally here, and I'm sad that it's, it's not been able to be marketed. I'm really sad that the Golden Globes idiotically did not pick up 
uh, on their opportunity to nominate it in their comedy category since they're the only major award show that has one. This is a really uh, interesting film, and um, it's going to be kind of a love-hate thing, I think, for a lot of people. And I really think if you're a fan of film and just being surprised and, and uh, in general, you, yeah. sh- you should go see this, it definitely warrants, this movie. It warrants being seen, and I will agree that um, because of its because of its the way that it's done, the way that it's filmed, and the the sort of many directions that it goes, you really do keep guessing. There's and a lot of tonal shifts. A lot of tonal shifts, <laughs> and there's a lot of a lot going on that you're not quite sure. Is this a comedy now? Is this a, is this a you know a drama? Is this a satire? Is no. it, you know like there's there's a yeah. bunch of different. You know, is this a heist film? Is this an escape? Is this a prison break movie? I mean, there, there are a lot of things going on, and because of that, and it juggles those things so well and so organically that um, it it does keep you on your toes. Which that's the best thing I can say about it. I wasn't sold on on the performances. I, I did like McGregor a little bit more than Carrie, but both of them I was just sort of left going uh. And in the end of the movie, when it was all over, I just kind of thought, you know, who's this for? Because I couldn't really well, that's figure the thing. out. It's refreshing know. to see a comedy like this. I think this is in the spirit of, of a great comedy like Election yeah. uh, with Reese Witherspoon and, and Matthew Broderick where it's just so edgy and so weird and so different yeah. that you, you, you can't help but gravitate to it. I don't need to see another Adam Sandler movie where grown men act like children. Yeah. I don't need to see you know, the, the kind of comedies that they're, that they're putting out there these days. And, and so this was just really refreshing and if you like if you like weird different interesting movies and you're sick of the same kind of funny go see this film agreed all right agreed and it'll be at liberty hall in case we didn't already say that i know we did but i want to re-emphasize that it'll be at liberty hall this weekend and uh the mechanic will be out at the south wind starting today so now let's go on and our, our next thing we're going to talk about is the oscar snubs yes nominations were announced on tuesday tuesday morning a uh, full list of nominations up at lawrence.com yeah. right now. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think Oscar got it right this year. I think they're getting better uh, at nominating, uh, you know, films that are, 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 are edgier and more deserving. Ironically, I say that any year where the King's Speech has Gets 12 and, 12 and the Coens get 10, which is more than they've gotten any, in any other awards. For one of their season, least adventurous films. For one of their films. least adventurous films. So yeah. I'm kind of – I actually don't think that. I think that the only real chances that were taken were – um, in in categories that were already overstuffed. I mean, if, that Darren Aronofsky got a best director nomination for a horror film. That yeah. is insane. Yeah, but there's also ten best picture nominations. So a lot of that adventurous stuff. That's a lot of the adventurous nominations are going in there to basically pad it because it's really a two or three movie race. But there's only five director nominees. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now in the best director category is the most famous snub of all yeah. this year. Christopher Nolan. No Nolan. No, no, Nolan Nolan. For, no Nolan for Inception, which is really um, surprising. No Nolan two years ago for The Dark Knight. And that was the year that he won the um, Duritics, the, Duritics, the Director's Guild Award for Did Best Did he win director. or was he just nominated? No, he won. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, no, no Nolan this year. Um, he did get Best Original Screenplay, which we talked about earlier, and he might stand to win that um, just to sort of a – you know, it's a lesser Oscar. It's something that you can give a movie that takes too many chances, but you don't want to give one of the big flagship awards to. So I think he stands a pretty good chance to win that. But Nolan is a really smart guy. He is he's reinventing uh, popcorn entertainment in a smarter, more interesting way. Yeah. He's kind of, in my view, uh, very much a Spielberg uh, for today's generation. And the fact that he hasn't been nominated for Best Director yet is also comparative to uh, to Steven Spielberg because it took him a while as well. So uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's disappointing to yeah. say the least. And it's the it's definitely to me the biggest snub. The second biggest I would say is um, no Ryan Gosling for best actor. Um, Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine. Yeah. That that really surprised me just because he'd been getting nominated everywhere else, and so no. I mean, everyone knows that first going to walk away with it, but it, some you know, and <laughs> it's not like I got nominated, but sometimes it's nice to be nominated, and good work deserves to be. You didn't get nominated. Not this year for your role in. Pink Panther three. Oh, okay. Inspector Clouseau strikes back. No, um, he didn't get nominated. Um, and you know, sometimes it, good work needs to be recognized, even if he doesn't stand a chance of actually winning. And so it was disappointing to see that Blue Valentine didn't get that. Mm. Now Michelle Williams got nominated for actress, but yeah. I think that Gosling and I've gone on about him in previous podcasts, so. I won't do that again, but I, I really do think he got snubbed there as well. Yeah, Blue Valentine is one of those risky movies that you were talking about earlier. It's not getting nominated for picture, uh, and it's not going to get nominated for screenplay because so much of it was improvised. But um, nominating the two leads in, in the actor and actress category would have been nice. I'm glad Michelle Williams is in there, yeah. so I'm glad it's included, and uh, people should definitely seek out uh, Blue Valentine. It's a devastating movie. Agreed. What else? What are, what well, are other one snubs? Of my, my supporting actress snub's kind of weird because Mila Kunis has been getting a lot of love for Black Swan uh, in the Critics' Choice, in mm-hmm. the Golden Globes. And I was just kind of thinking, you know, she's good in the movie, but I really liked Barbara Hershey mm-hmm. as uh, this over-the-top uh, protective uh, mother who gave up her career for her daughter and lives through her. And then kind of at one point goes over the top into, or I already said over the top, but goes into some crazy... Uh, uh, places and and I think she played the perfect balance of kind of that Karen Black creepiness uh, and and uh, a little bit of, of believability but mostly she just brought this weight to the role yeah. uh, that I think uh, was really great so Barbara Hershey and also being you know a past Oscar nominee I thought that that would have been a nice bone to throw her but she didn't get one Kunis didn't get one no um, so in in the supporting actress uh, category I think those are my my two snubs yeah. And then also Andrew Garfield, no Andrew Garfield in Social Network. Jeremy Renner got nominated for The Town, which I think is semi-deserved. I mean, admittedly, he was the only thing memorable or noteworthy movie, of that yeah. entire, in that entire movie, although the cinematography was, was unique and good to the city. But Renner got nominated, and um, Garfield didn't, which is Yeah, I mean, Andrew Garfield is the heart of The Social Network. He's yeah. the guy the audience identifies with. He seems to be the only person on screen uh, who has a soul? <laughs> well, yeah, he and Rooney, he and Rooney Mara are the yeah. the victims and the the only people that really have any sort of human right characteristic to them. And and uh, it's it's just really surprising to not see him in this category again. It's a it's a a, a big year for supporting actors. There's a lot of great talent, and so uh, somebody had to get left out. But Andrew Garfield. It also speaks to the Academy's seeming uh, lack of support for. Uh, the Social Network, which I hope does not translate into a Best Picture win for the King's Speech, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh, and, and now here's another movie like uh, Philip Morris that I think I would have liked to have have seen some love for. I think Scott Pilgrim versus the the World is a flawed movie, mm-hmm. especially towards the end. It kind of falls apart. But in in terms of visual inventiveness, uh, energy, and storytelling, and doing new things on on film. Uh, no movie can match it this year. Yeah. And frankly, the fact that it's not nominated in the editing category for creating uh, this this version of slapstick comedy for the for this generation is is a crime. And the fact that it's not nominated in the visual effects category 
is also really annoying. I'm sick of seeing the same movies and the same kind of CGI mm -hmm. get nominated every year. I mean, are you serious? We need Iron Man 2? I mean, come on. Let's let's just because uh, Scott Pilgrim tried something different, just because they weren't quote approximating reality, right? Yeah. Because they really, you know, created a, a, well, a visual also, mode the of budget, storytelling. The budget for their 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 VFX budget was a fraction of what movies like you know Iron Man or Inception yeah. were. So they were forced to be inventive. Here they are being inventive, and then nobody recognizes it. It's the same problem with Speed Racer a couple years back. The movie itself isn't you know up to to snuff. Uh, in everybody's eyes, so the hard work and inventive work of the visual artists doesn't get rewarded. Well, see, now I have a snub, though, for that um, will prove counter to your examples, because I know you don't like the movie, but Tron didn't get nominated either. Nope. And, and I, yeah, <laughs> see? But I, I think you can draw a lot of comparisons to Speed Racer. You know, Tron wasn't a really well-liked movie, um, wasn't very uh, well-received critically, but it in, in you know like that entire movie is a special effect wearing like, a wearing a, a tight leather suit with lights on it doesn't qualify no but the entire all of the environments all the vehicles all of like everything that they interacted with all of that stuff was created inside a computer i know but what they did in so, my eyes and that's is the they same took thing, the old the design exact of the same movie thing with speed racer and they moderned it up they didn't add anything uh, new to it i i don't yeah. think the visuals of tron are, are really that exciting at all it's it's dark and black and blue it looks like a tim burton batman movie Okay. <laughs> you're, you're wrong on that, but let's move on. Last and not least. Um, Sundance. Yeah, Sundance. Kevin Smith had a really interesting um, announcement. He came out um, for The Red State, his new movie. It's like a horror movie with these, this modified... Michael Parks plays yeah, uh, Fred Phelps' essentially light character. Fred Phelps, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen the trailer, I will say that it doesn't look like any other movie he's done before, just on a visual level. Now, I don't know if they're going to be saying snoochies, boochies while they're killing fundamentalists or what, but... Melissa Leo and John Goodman are in it? Yeah. Yeah. At least visually, it looks like something he's he's never done before. Early reviews are mixed. Yeah. But, but what he did. what's interesting is not necessarily the movie, but his, his talk. He basically came out and railed against the current... Um, distribution model for independent movies mm -hmm. and how much money it takes and how ridiculous it is and um, the gist of it was he, he then opened the film up to bidding for because at Sundance you know you show your movies and then distributors bid on them in sort of an auction and then, he wanted to do it in the theater right and yeah. so when you win then you know you get to distribute that movie um, a lot of careers are made and broken during the, the distribution process and that whole bidding war that ensues and a lot of movies get a lot of heat um, at Sundance that eventually go nowhere. Hamlet 2 is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. But he opens the bidding, and then he buys his own movie for $20. <laughs> and then Which he really came, pissed off the made industry a people. lot of people mad because yeah. they had gone to his screening when they could have gone to other screenings or they could have watched the Jets game or done great whatever they were going to do. Oh, yeah, huge. I mean, like P.T. Barnum-level publicity here. So then he goes back up on stage, and he says, um, I'm going to distribute my own movie under my Smodcast, banner um and what we're going to do is we're going to tour this movie around the venues um starting I, I i'm not quite sure i think starting in march yeah we're going to distribute we're going to take these movies to town kansas city's like the third or fourth place to get it yeah and um then it's going to follow with a talk with me and michael parks is going to be there right and so we're going to do that all the way up until the october uh, 19th release and um then 
And he's going to, what he, what he said about the actual full release, the nationwide release, is they're going to put it in theaters, but they're going to do it directly. They're not going to go through a middleman. And he's promising theater owners mm-hmm. that he's going to give them a better rate than they get for other right. movies. And so his whole thing is, he, the movie itself costs $4 million to make. And his, his thing is, they're going to do a f- one leg of the tour um, from March till about June. And if it's successful, you're going to take about a month off and then start doing it again in August. Right. Do, it, do a fall tour until it opens on, um, on, in October uh, 19th. And So what do you think about His plan this? is, uh, he thinks that, oh, and their first, they're opening it in Radio City, I think is their first, their first venue. Um, and he thinks he's projected to, just on the tour in the first leg, make $1.6 million. He thinks that they'll be able to pay for the entire sum total of the movie before it ever hits theaters. theaters. Mm-hmm. And then once it does, he can just make his money back. Um, what or I, what he, can just, he can just turn a profit and split that with um, the theaters themselves at a much better rate. Now, he says that uh, he's going to be open and transparent mm-hmm. about his strategy right. and about the accounting because the accounting is what's really pissed him off about this system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that, you know, uh, much like being on a major label, uh, the studio racks up all these promotion charges and then charges yeah. those against uh, everything before they start making their money back. And you, don't, and you as the artist don't see any of that until everything is paid right. back. Well, he's saying that you don't need that. He's going to use social media. He's going to use his, his fan base. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that if he can do this, because he has 1.2 million Twitter followers, <laughs> yeah. more power to him. But what I'd That's like to see is, is honestly, a social media strategy. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him come up with a way to engage people and, and, and get them talking about it in, in a way that's not just tweeting. I would like to see you know, some sort of uh, action, a call to action. I'd like to see people like, you know, get involved. And I, I think that just merely tweeting and Facebooking isn't enough. Did so. you know that every time a social media expert says the word engaged, an angel gets its wings? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But it's true. I'm sorry. Well, here's it's the absolutely thing. true. I, honestly, you know what it reminds me of? is It, it reminds me a lot of when Radiohead um, yeah. released in rainbows at Name Your Own Price. I yeah. mean, it's a great model for Radiohead. It's a great model for you somebody know? who already has exactly. a Exactly. It works really well for Radiohead. This is going to probably, I'm sure it will work really well for Kevin Smith. He's got an audience and a fan base that's you know, to say it politely, rabid. Yeah. Um, and, and he says he's doing one more film and then, then retiring he's, he's to distribute others. And follow films. this same model. Right. But how can you follow the same model if you're not Kevin Smith? Exactly. So that's uh, that's what he said, and we'll see how it works out for him. But um, It's an awesome experiment. I'm excited. I hope he does something with it. I'm mm-hmm. glad to see him return to a more independent kind of a spirit uh, because I thought Cop Out was the worst piece of crap he's ever done oh yeah and, and how defense uh, he was so defensive about that movie and i just well, wish he would have you know like let it go away he right so he, he railed that. against critics he doesn't want critics to uh, see red state for free because nobody should see it for free because why should i let somebody see my movie if they're just going to pan it forgetting of course that if it wasn't for critics he wouldn't have a career yeah. because clerks was built entirely on buzz from movie critics who saw it. So uh, Kevin Smith, interesting guy. He's got the biggest chip on his shoulder um, that I've ever seen, uh, with maybe the exception of Jesse Eisenberg and The Social Network. But uh, I, you know, I, I love him and I hate him, and and I wish him luck. And I hope, uh, honestly, for the good of the industry and the way movies uh, are are distributed and promoted these days, I would love to see it. Succeed. Yeah, and we'll have more information on it as it gets closer to the Kansas City tour date. 
Oh, it's uh, it's and, up on his website. No, I mean we'll have yeah. more information on the actual screening and and uh, any additional detail like that. I hear that the tickets will not be cheap. No, I'm sure they won't. I'm talking like 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's March, I think it's March 12th or something at the Midland Theater. That's correct. Tickets went on sale, um, will go on sale this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, there you there go. There you go. Red Check State, it out. if you want. We're going to have to pay to go see it, so. <laughs> and on that note, on that very sad note, because no critic ever wants to actually pay for their movies. Yeah, we don't really get paid, so it's nice to have that perk. And on that sad note for us, we're going to let it go and uh, give you guys a weekend. So, thanks a lot. We just gave it to him. You got it. Yeah. It's yours now. Do with do with it what you I don't want. want to, I don't want to end on that. <laughs> <laughs>